This is Mental Maps, a podcast about navigating the mind. My name is Dr. Josh Waddell. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, mental health counselor, and host of this show. The content of this show is focused on creating a better understanding about the mind and how you can achieve optimal well-being. Welcome back, everyone, to Mental Maps. This is Josh. So glad that you've taken the time to, to be with us again. So today's episode is a very interesting concept of the mind and I'm so excited to talk about this. We're recording this in December uh, 2021 so if you're listening to this later on still very applicable uh, but we're kind of leading it into the holiday season as well and so as you move into that you can kind of think about it. What we're going to talk about today is the concept of expectations. Now a little bit of warning as we kind of jump into this. We could spend hours just discussing what expectations are, how it affects other people, what they are for you, what they are for others, how it impacts our interactions with one another. And I mean, there's so much within it. And so as we move into today's episode and what we're going to unpack, one thing to remember is we're not going to talk a lot about how it is with people versus people. I think that is its own, really its own podcast, it's its own discussion, there's its own um, challenges within that. What we're really going to talk about is for you yourself. What are expectations? How does it impact your daily life? What does that look like? Where do they come from? And how things can get a, go awry. And so when we're talking about expectations, just to go ahead and identify it, I think we all have expectations of what life is and what things are. And so an expectation is what we believe will happen in the future. So it's what we think is going to occur in some form or fashion, and we expect this to happen. And so it involves every part of our life, whether it's at work, at home, the events that we go to, holidays especially, and then of course those interaction with others like I mentioned before. It is what we believe is going to happen when these events or these experiences occur. And so one thing that's important is that expectations are very different than being hopeful or hopefulness. So Hope is I believe there is a possibility that this is occur. So I'm hopeful that if I do certain things, I'm going to achieve a certain thing. So I'm hopeful that if I go to the gym and I lift a lot of weights, I'm going to put on muscle and I'm going to feel good about myself. And I'm hopeful for that. I'm hopeful that if I do the different things I'm going to happen, um, the X, Y, and Z is going to occur. An expectation is we truly believe this will happen. So I believe that if I do go to the gym, I will gain weight or I will gain strength. And I, and I end up putting a lot of concrete expectations on it, if you will. So it, what, what we're kind of saying is that instead of hoping or believing that something may occur, an expectation is this will occur. And so when we put that type of power, using the term will, when we put that type of power within it, things can really go awry and can get really intense. Across the board wrote some great books. And one thing that she discusses is that our brain really has two major functions. To make predictions and create meaning. At its basic core, everything our brain does is about predicting what's going to happen next when we occur something and creating meaning from what that is. And so ultimately these predictions from a you know from an evolutionary standpoint it's kind of kept us alive. You know we think about, you know, pre us becoming um, home dwelling beings when we were out in the wilderness we predicted that if certain things were to happen, a bear was going to eat us. And so what was that meaning? We had fear, and so we would run away. Uh, the, a lot of our predictions have kept us alive, and so that's allowed us to continue to grow. However, 
our predictions can also go awry. And it's something that is really becoming more noticeable as we get farther into this evolving of who we are as humans and what it looks like in this new societies that we have. And so the question I ask is, we, what if your predictions as a human are faulty? What if they're wrong? What if what you think occur really isn't going to occur? What meaning does that do? How does that impact your life? And so when we think about what this looks like, we have to go back to early brain development. Uh, Jean Piaget, who's one of the greatest uh, pediatric neuroscientists who've really done a lot of great work in understanding attachment and, and brain development within children and all these things, identifies that there's a certain part of a kid's life where they have, and we all have this, where this magical thinking. So we believe if, if I do something, something will occur. And it's a lot of correlation, but for them it's causation. So I believe if I'm wearing a blue shirt and my sibling were to fall down, that means that's going to happen, it's going to happen forever. And it's very magical thinking. It believes that you have a lot of control over things. Uh, and we do it as adults a lot of times. Like I know for me, I'm a huge UT football fan. I will wear the same shirt most times. No matter how many times we lose, I believe this shirt's going to help us win. And so I magically believe it's going to happen. And if you follow UT football, you know it has not worked very well. So I probably need to buy a new shirt. But what I do know is that we all attempt to control things within our life and our magical thinking allows us to do that. However, for some people, this magical thinking doesn't go away. Or we still have these little tendencies that pop up. And so it's like, why? Why, why would our prediction make us believe something that isn't really going to happen? A lot of this comes from our past experiences. One thing that Dr. Barrett discusses in her book is that all of our predictions really come out of these templates that were created throughout our life experiences. So if I know that a bear was going to kill me, anytime I were to see a bear, that was going to create fear for me and I would run away. And in, in our world, we see this a lot of times. If I know if I get on the highway at 7 o'clock trying to go to work and there's all this traffic, we know what that looks like. Or if I go into a very crowded area and that already generates a lot of anxiety for me, I'm going to continue to build up on that because that's the prediction I'm going to make. And so our past experiences, whether the prediction or the expectation is true or not, it's going to continue to reinforce that. And then another concept that can really lead to these faulty predictions, which leads to faulty expectations, is sometimes our mental illness or our mental health. You know, we've talked a lot about the difference between health and wellness, but in mental health, when you find yourself being very depressed or very anxious or you're having a true mental health disorder, your thinking can really go awry and become very negative, very pessimistic. Uh, there was a, a great therapist called, his name is Albert Ellis, uh, and, and done a lot of great work on thought and just dysfunctional thinking. And then Dr. Aaron Beck, uh, who recently passed away, recent, who expanded upon his work and created CBT, and a lot of people in the world of mental health know CBT. But Dr. Ellis talked a lot about stinking thinking, where we have a lot of dysfunctional thoughts, thoughts that aren't true, where we jump to conclusions or we catastrophize. We think all these things are going to go awry. And some of that lies within these expectations. So we expect that we're going to make an A on that test. And when that doesn't happen, then we'll catastrophize and things will go awry for us. And we end up becoming ill. And if we're finding ourselves being depressed, it's much more likely that's going to happen. Uh, we've talked about it in other episodes when 
you have depression, you're seeing the world many times through these really dark colored glasses, and it really changes the way you view the world. Uh, we know the number one risk factor for suicide is pessimism, and pessimism comes out of an expectation. Things are not le not going the way I expected them to go, and so I'm finding myself very negative. So we have these thoughts we, we are always thinking and many times our thoughts are just these predictions of what is going to happen next and unfortunately we can't have expectations that aren't true and so where does this lead what if the expectation i have of an event like i'm planning to do a specific thing and then it doesn't go the way i wanted it to go or i'm planning a date night and the date night goes awry what happens many times when our expectations our life doesn't end up in our expectations, rather, so it, our expectations don't hold to be true. We find ourselves in this disappointment, this lack of gratitude. We find ourselves living in the future, rather being in the moment because we're waiting to find the new end to our expectation. You can see sadness, you can see anger, and ultimately you see this absence of fun in the moment because the expectation didn't lead up to it. So it's like the kid who goes to the theme park and they get to the theme park, and the theme park isn't what it was what they thought it was going to be. And so despite them still being at the theme park, and the rides are still open, and they're doing all these things, they're walking around kind of with a sour look on their face because it didn't lead up to the expectation that they thought they would. Or the kid who gets a toy, and they think that toy is going to be the greatest toy ever, and then when they bring it home, it isn't what they thought it was, and they're just like, eh, I don't want to do it. We as adults do this same thing within our jobs, within our marriages, within our relationships, within our events with friends. We do them all the time. And it's something that it leads to this uncomfortable feeling or ultimately back to what Dr. Barrett says, these uncomfortable meanings. And so when we're missing these moments, we're ultimately missing out on life. I think a great example of this is like holidays. You know, as we move into the holidays, like I said, we're recording this in December. I think everyone puts so much weight and power on the holiday, specifically Christmas for whatever reason. And so you can imagine in the world of expectations, you expect that Christmas is going to go the ex this exact way. We're going to do these exact things. We're going to have it go all the ways. And it never goes that way, ever, ever, ever. It's just it's never going to lead up to that perfectionistic thing. And so then rather than being in that moment with your family or your friends or whoever you're with, you're left thinking about, oh my gosh, it didn't go this way, and you find yourself feeling very sad and down and pessimistic and all these things, and now you completely miss the moment, and the next thing you know, it's December 27th, and Christmas is gone, and uh, another Christmas is gone, Charlie Brown. My dad used to say that a lot, and that's kind of where people end up when they're living in this world of expectations. Also, there's a lot of intensity in moments because of expectations have you ever been with people who have just a lot of expectations for this exact thing the intensity that occurs for them they're just running around they're trying to make things a specific way like you'll see that sometimes at work where you're expecting like this exact project to go this exact way and so that person is running around trying to manage all the different tasks that go within these projects and it's just a really intense moment and ultimately things don't ever get done in that place and two it creates a lot of nervousness and anxiety for the others around you. So not only does this lead to an impact on your own life, your own emotions, it leads you missing out on the moment, and then it ultimately leads out to impacting the people's lives around you.
So why is it faulty? Why do we find ourselves having faulty predictions? I mean, we have thoughts. We know this has been a very helpful thing for us. We know our brain's always going to do it. Why would our thoughts go awry, if you will? And I think this is where our society specifically right now has entered a place that we haven't ever seen before in in our life, in anyone's life, really, of this new world where we know what everyone is doing if we choose to if you are involved in the world of social media or any type of media you know what is happening happening in everybody's life and so when we do that these these worlds that are being created knowing what other people are doing getting these like clips of life from other people we begin to make expectations about our own life and what we have seen from a psychological perspective, is just this decline in overall mental health. We know that the emotional intelligence of people who spend their spend their times they're kind of living in this world is much lower. We know that there's a lot of mental health issues that kind of go with it. I think we've seen that in teenagers and in kids. I mean, the data shows itself. But we know that has a lot to do with it. But also the the past, as we said earlier, the past has a lot to do with this. If we've seen it go awry before, why wouldn't it go awry again? So if I already know that when this happens at work, it's going to go bad, I'm expecting to it to go bad again. And so I'm already predicting that this is what's going to occur. If I let so-and-so have the lead on this project, I'm already expecting it to go bad, so it's going to go bad. Or if I go to this event and it's been bad in the past, I'm expecting it to occur again. So we have this faultiness within it. And then as we talked about earlier, the mental illness concept of it, of how it changes things. But to kind of go back to the, probably the most glaring issue that exists within why are our expectations faulty or our predictions faulty is society. So when we think about it, and I know a lot of people have heard these things, I think it's a really big topic right now, whether you watch The Social Dilemma with Tristan Harris or you listen to certain podcasts that, that he does or other people do about these algorithms and the things that exist within the world of social media. One thing that we know is that whether you're taking a bunch of people's ads or you're consuming what everybody else in your life is doing, there is this impact to your overall mental health. Whether No matter what social media platform you use, it is snippets of people's lives. It's pictures of people's lives. And we don't know what would occurred before that picture. We don't know what occurred after that picture. And if it's a picture, we don't even know what's occurring during that picture. We just know that's what the picture looks like. With a video, you at least can kind of hear what's going on. You know, it's like you see that picture and it's the, the couple who's like side by side, smiling beside, beside this beautiful beach thing. But unbeknownst to anyone, they're like yelling at each other and there's so much animosity in between them. And so when we as humans consume all of this, that everybody's life looks perfect everybody's vacation is perfect everybody's christmas is perfect everybody's birthday is perfect we believe and to expect that ours is going to be that too if we do x y and z so if i ensure that this 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 and this happens i'm going to have the perfect christmas or if i ensure this 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 happens i want to ensure i have the perfect vacation and that's not going to happen but media has told us that and it's hijacked our thought process of what we believe is going to happen there's a great book by uh, John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it, it's been a really life-changing book for me. I, I quote it all the time. I probably need to get like a shirt that has like The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and maybe get like some 
money for recommending it to everybody. So if John Mark Comer listens to this, I recommend your book to everyone. But one thing that's really important about this book is he, he talks about in it a lot about hurry and what's going on in our lives. But he talks a lot about products and, the, and how products make us happy. If you are ever sitting at home and you're watching real TV, you're not watching Netflix, sometimes on Hulu because they have them, and you end up having to watch commercials. For me, that occurs in sports because you just really can't fast forward through it. I'm watching it live. Notice how many of the products or the commercials you see have nothing to do with how good the product is or how it's different than another product. Rather, how this product is going to make you happy. So in every single commercial, almost, more times than not, the person, the commercial ends with someone smiling or a couple hugging one another or this person taking this medicine and their life changing or them going and doing something. Their product resulted in them to have happiness. So we as consumers believe, yes, we can buy this product and now we're going to be happy. That's our expectation. And so then when I buy the Chevy Silverado and I'm driving down the road and I don't have my hands on the steering wheel, if you've seen this commercial, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm smiling and I look over at my wife and she's not smiling, my expectation didn't leave up to its ability. And so now I can lead into all these things that we just talked about. It is ingrained in us right now. And it's something that we've got to see. It happens on Instagram all the time. Um, I, I'm on Instagram. And so when you get on there, especially if you follow like a lot of different travel things and outdoors things, there's always just these gorgeous hotels and places and things. And, and they are beautiful. But we don't, we don't know what's really occurring in these people's lives. But we believe that if we go on vacation, man, me and my wife need to connect exactly that way for seven straight days. I guarantee you, if you go on a vacation with your partner for seven straight days, something's going to happen at some point, and it is not going to look like that picture. But you can find yourself feeling really disappointed with your vacation or your experience if that does if that occurs. So the fake life that exists within the world of social media or in the world of virtual world, whatever we want to call it, definitely hijacks our expectations of what's going to occur. It's also because society gives us this faulty blueprint to make our predictions. So going back to what Dr. Barrett says earlier, or I mentioned that Dr. Barrett says, where our predictions are made upon this blueprint, our blueprint can go awry. Our blueprint can become the blueprint of another person or of another world or of an algorithm rather than what our true desires are. And which ultimately leads us for this desire for perfection, which perfection doesn't exist in this world. And it leads to all these other things. Most times, especially in the world of like expectations, we're always striving for perfection. We're, we're expecting this to occur. It's like being in this place of believing that this is absolutely going to happen. Everything is going to be perfect. And then somebody drops a bowl or something breaks or the, you know, the something's not clean and it just leads to all this animosity and heaviness and all these things. So what do you do? We're all doing this. I think we're all in this place of... Uh, of expectations. We all have expectations of things that don't live up to, whether it's just 
a basic interaction or it's a huge thing like um, like getting ready for the holidays. We all know it's there. How do we keep from getting into this perfection and this desire for these perfect expectations? The most important thing we do is can create awareness. And so I think whenever we get to a place where we're looking forward to an event or we're planning for an event or we're planning for a situation or we're going to do something special for our partner or we're going to do something special for the people we work with or whatever, it's being able to say, what is my expectation of this? And where does this come from? Is my expectation because when I've got my wife flowers before, she was very happy with me? Or is my expectation of I've seen a video of it happening and so I expect that she's going to act the exact same way? Is it real or is it given to me by society? I think if you spend a lot of time watching a lot of TV or media, social media, whatever it is, if you have any type of uncomfortability within your own thoughts, the most important question you can ask is, is this of me or is this of society? Because more times than not, the things that we consume don't add up to who we really are. And that can be a very challenging place. So creating awareness. Where is this coming from? Why do I have the expectation that if I go to the gym and do these certain things, then I'm going to look this exact way if I do all these things? Where does this expectation come from? And then we have to challenge it. So we have to be realistic with it. If I do X, Y, and Z... Is this going to occur? And if it doesn't, what's going to happen? So is it true that if I give my wife flowers, she's going to be very elated and jump up and down and be super happy with me? Or if I get to work on time, my boss is going to notice me and they're going to be like, hey man, good job, thank you so much. Is that realistic? Is it happening in any other situations? And if so then moving forward on that expectation and allowing that expectation to drive us. But if not, if there's no evidence in our own life, there's probably evidence in the world of social media somewhere, in the world of a movie or in a commercial or whatever, but in your own life or things that's happened in the real world, is it true and is it realistic? And if so, then you can move forward with that expectation. And then the third thing is that what would happen if it doesn't end in this. So what would happen if I'd done everything exactly right for Christmas and Christmas did not end up perfect? When does that end up? Am I going to be able to cope with that? Or is it going to destroy my day? Or if I do X, Y, and Z, is it even possible for Christmas to look that way. It's like someone, so for example, right now, it's, I, I live in Tennessee, or I'm from Tennessee, me and my wife are going back to see family, and so I think the the temperature on Christmas Day is gonna be like 50 degrees maybe. If, no, if I truly believe I'm gonna wake up to a white Christmas, if I expect that to happen, that happens in every Hallmark movie, that's gonna happen, and I look at the weather, that's not happening. We know it's not going to happen. And can I cope with that? Or 
am I going to find myself feeling very disappointed because it didn't turn out that way? So create awareness about where this expectation is coming from. Challenge it, being able to say, is this even true? Is it real? And then being able to say, what would happen if it doesn't end in this way? If you can answer those three questions and then end on the same expectation, more times than not, it's a real expectation. More things you can do within the world of expectations is really cherish the moment. Uh, you know, it's something that's became really big in pop culture, living in the moment. There's a lot of talk about mindfulness and being present, you know, enjoy, you know, taking in the sensations, using all these different things. We use it a lot in therapy. There's all these things about being able to be mindful of the moment, cherish the moment. But to a point, that is the most important way to overcome faulty expectations. Just being the moment, whether what we believe is going to happen or not, we're okay with being there. So whether it snows two inches and we're all running around making snow angels or it's 51 degrees and pouring the rain, it's still Christmas. And so we're still with one another. Or whether we go to the beach and it's super beautiful and the sun's out or it's raining, we're still at the beach. And it's so hard because we consume so much stuff that tells us that that's not okay. But it is okay. And we can cherish the moment of being in that place, being mindful, remembering why we're there in the first place. A way to do this is be adaptable. And when I say adaptable, it's not being complacent. It's not allowing the world to just run all over you and everybody takes advantage of you. It's being able to say that, hey, I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. And I'm going to adapt to this situation. It may rain for three straight days when you're at the beach. That's okay because there's all these other things that I can do and be a part of it and have fun with that. It may, that work event may not go the way I want it to go or I may run later. I may do all these things, but I'm going to adapt to that so I don't find myself having an expectation that something's going to occur and it not occur. The last thing I think that can really help within this is focusing on the world of gratitude there's been some really cool research come out over the past probably five years about gratitude and what gratitude does to the brain. We know that gratitude changes the way you think. So we know that if you find yourself outside of being very depressed, and it can help, it can help with depression, but it can alleviate that pessimism that we see. Uh, we know that if you talk, you change the way you say things instead of I need to do something, that I can do something, I have to do something, I can do it. It definitely changes the way. So instead of saying I have to go to the gym, saying I can go to the gym, that gratitude of being able to go to the gym leads people to be in the gym more. Um, there's a lot of uh, organizational psychology work that talks about changing the way that um, employees and staff members talk about work. So always using positive words makes you like your job. We know that positive psychology tells us that. But gratitude is important. And ultimately gratitude allows you to adapt and calm down this desire for more expectations. I think that's something that we didn't talk a ton about, but the desire for things to be the way we want them to be. We have this longing for perfection, this longing to have the social media picture on Instagram, this longing to have the Hallmark card. We have that. We want that. That's something that we feel like we need. And so if we're constantly chasing that expectation, we're not in that moment 
and we're not feeling grateful of being in that place. And so your picture may be very chaotic and there's people running around and kids jumping up and down and stuff everywhere, but there's people there and there's people that love you there and there's all these things that are there and so there's this gratitude that exists within it. One thing I challenge people to do, I challenge myself to do this as well, naming five things you're grateful for every night before you go to bed and every morning when you wake up. So five things that happen this day. So if you're listening to this today, before you go to bed tonight, name five things that you are grateful for that happened today. You can use things that are in your life, but you cannot use the same thing more than once. Because I, I can promise you that if you really think about all the things that occur within our own world, no matter where you're at, there's been a lot of great things that's happened to you today in some form or fashion. Even on the worst day, there's some good things that happen. And then when you wake up in the morning, naming five more things. What are five things I'm grateful for of being up today? And do it every day. And what that's going to do is allow you to be in the moment more. You're going to cherish this moment more because you're grateful. And you're going to find yourself living in the future, making these expectations that things are going to go a certain way and that life is going to be perfect. So it's a great challenge. I think it's something that we all work to do. We all make expectations. We all have faulty expectations. I don't care who you are. If you go to a therapist, their expectations are faulty at sometimes. My expectations are faulty sometimes. It happens all the time to us all. But creating awareness is the first step. Challenging it. Being able to figure out where it's coming from. And not getting to that place again is so important. So as you move into this season, no matter where, when you're listening to this, I challenge you to look at these expectations. What are your thoughts telling you about what's going to occur and are they real? And can you truly be in the moment? And can you be grateful in this moment? And ultimately, whatever you're trying to create in your life, whether it's for you or for other people, is this what's reality and what's personal to you? Or is this what society's telling you to do? Because life is more than just a snapshot. It's life. It's life.